Hello, hello. Heard you the first time. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Lake Time, the Lake of the Woods Brewing Company podcast. I'm your incredible, talented, uh, sexy host. You can tell by the sound of my voice that I'm probably the sexiest man in Northwestern Ontario, Matt Kennedy and Lyndon. Wow, you got me blushing here just being in your presence. Yes, my name is Lyndon Fraze, just a guy from around. That's kind of just your, that's like your log line. Lyndon Frey is a guy from around. That's who I am. Where did that come from? You can't argue with it. Did you coin it? I coined the phrase. Nobody said one day, Lyndon, you're a guy from around. No one was like, are you a guy from around? You just came up with that. Yeah, because people are always like, what do you, uh, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm just a guy from around. You know, like, what do you, I, what? you have this thing. You can say, I'm a filmmaker. I'm Matt Kennedy, filmmaker. But what am I supposed to say? I'm just a guy from around. Okay. Well, it works. It's certainly vague. Don't you have a job? Well, you know. Yes and no. Yes and no. (laughs) Just accept that I'm a guy from around. Where do you live? Uh, I just, well, sometimes I live on the boat. Sometimes I live out in the off-grid cabin. Sometimes I live in the city. I'm a guy from around. You know what? You should be a folk singer. You know who's a folk singer? Richard Inman. And uh, he is uh, today's guest on Lake Time. Did you know that? Or yeah. did you just show up? Now, before people out there start thinking, oh, folk singer, that sounds boring. How about he's also a country singer? He's a powerful songwriter and and uh, he's played lots of times at the Lake of the Woods Brewing Company. He developed has, a bit of a following here yes, in Kenora. Yes, he's developed a following in Kenora and probably across the region. And uh, Lake of the Woods Brewing Company, as a result, is actually sponsoring his next album as part of their Support Local Artist series, which means they're contributing to his studio time and they're actually having a fundraising concert this Saturday, June 29th. Yeah, not that you need a, a reason to go to a Richard Inman show because it's fantastic. And the day before that, the Friday the 28th. So this is Canada Day weekend? Canada Day weekend. You have be- two opportunities to yeah, see Richard Inman live. Uh, yeah, right. On the Friday, he'll be playing the cruise, the Community Foundation cruise on the MS Kenora. And then on the Saturday will be his big show at the at the Bruco, the tap room playing with his full band here at the tap room apparently so you're gonna have the, the you know slide guitar and all these all this country uh, western goodness okay what do you say should we um um what do you say should we slide guitar away into the lake let's slide guitar into lake time on lake time so yeah, this is going right now like are we are we doing this yeah we're we're already podcasting oh. here and i should mention uh while this is happening what what lake of the woods brewing company drink we have here today uh so we have for you richard um nautical disaster which <laughs> is uh which is a hoppy ipa from the brew company but uh, you may be thinking hoppy ipa well, well that's big timber no this is different richard than big timber because it's uh got a grapefruit citrus edge to it their citrus hoppy IPA. Let's crack that open. Oh, listen to that. Listen to all the fizz. <laughs> <laughs> so much fizz. Well, Richard. Cheers. Yeah, welcome to Lake Time. <laughs> we did it. It's still fizzing. Taste that taste that grapefruit. So nautical. <laughs> <laughs> okay now on to the the good stuff 
Look, that is still fizzing. I know, that's what I'm saying. So today we're here with Richard Inman. And we're talking to you, Richard, for a variety of reasons. But let us get the political reasons out of the way first. (laughs) (laughs) You, sir, are working on a new album. Yes. And Lake of the Woods Brewing Company has their hands in it. Tell us, tell us about this. If they asked you to switch all the beer brand references to Lake of the Woods, like you've got a song about drinking a bud with some buds, and they're like, drinking a Lake <laughs> of the actually, Woods with some buds. I actually had a song about, it's called the New Year's Blues, and, and I reference Old Milwaukee beer. Actually, I do have another song where I reference Pabst Blue Ribbon, but no, they didn't ask me to do that. They give you creative beer freedom? I think so. It feels good. It feels like a hard fought, hard won victory. Yeah. You know? I think like, that's uh, what uh, most aspire to. Freedom. <laughs> Is this what it tastes like? I don't know. Tastes like nautical disaster. Mmm, so nautical. <laughs> <laughs> what else can you tell us about this album beyond uh, what beer you reference <clears throat> in it? Oh, I don't know. There's uh, it's It's a lot less... Uh, no, it's not a lot. I was going to say a lot less sad, but it's not. It's, That'd be a it's, lot. it's the same level of sad as... I would, I would think, yeah, probably about the same level of sad as all the other ones. But I think I've grown as a storyteller. I know I've grown as a person physically, like, gotten bigger. Yeah. So, <laughs> so has my storytelling ability. It's grown with you. It's grown with me, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I kind of used to... To, to write these sad songs and I would just sabotage my life and uh, and then I would write songs about the mess I was in. I learned not to do that in the last year and a half. And just become a storyteller Yeah, in- you know, instead. and I can still see, I can watch other people mess up their lives, you know, <laughs> and still get a good song out of it. And then I can go home and have the rent paid and, you know. All that stuff. That was your cure for writer's block in the past, though? Like, I got to go mess, well, mess some shit up. It wasn't, yeah. I don't think I directly said that to myself <laughs> in the mirror and then went out and screwed, but it would, like, be within a week in the back of my head. There, this idea would take root. Yeah. And then within a week, I would just wake up and it will have been done sometime in the last week. Like, it would have happened. What what kind of an idea? Like, an idea for a song or for an idea for a misadventure? An, an idea for, like, a, yeah, exactly. A misadventure, for sure. Like, say I had to get up for work or get to a gig on time or something. And uh, I still got two days. I can make this happen. I can make this work. And then four days would pass by, and I'd still be, you know, in the exact same spot. Same chair, everything. Different bottle of gin, though. Everything else the same. Now, everything else the so same. So this is something that you imagined would make a good song, and then you manifested it in your life so that it would yeah, be... Yeah, totally. Like, like, all of a sudden, the boss is calling me angry or, you know, something like that. And I'm like, oh, I could write a song about that, and then, you know... So, so far, this is in your imagination, but then four days later, this it's thing happened. has transpired. It's happened. And the song is already written. And then I've, I've taken the whole event and been like, well, at least I got a song out of it. And I did that. I did that for a long time. What would be in another example of that? So, you said the you know, same bottle of gin four days later, now your boss is calling. What would be another example of an idea for a song that manifested in your life? Uh, they all kind of went that way for a long time. 
So take your pick. Which which story do you want to hear? Yeah, all right. Well, there's that well, that song. Did you not do uh, your homework? Do you not know my songs? Oh, I know all your songs by heart. Give me that guitar. <laughs> uh, okay, for example, the uh, tune about how all your hippie friends hate you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, they'd hate you if they if they knew what you were up to last night. So, so the, these are these are some examples of things you are up to. Yeah, that's that's actually that's for sure. <laughs> I did like. Um, I was hanging out with a buddy of mine a lot in those days, and uh, he kind of helped me and a lot of uh, other songwriter friends of mine. And, like, I don't know, he was just, like, he was, uh, I'll talk more about him later, because I got a song about him on this new album, too, so this all kind of ties in nicely. But we were all living, like, really, really wild, and, and we thought it was okay to do that at the time, you know? Uh, like what kind of stuff? Oh, we, like, like the song, you know, we were just drinking all the time and, uh, maybe shooting guns, maybe shooting guns. Yeah. But not at the same time, but no, of course in the not. Same, no. Like, <laughs> Don't worry. I believe the, you. Yeah. You know, in the same, like eight hours, say we, we were one beer in and then we shot a gun responsibly and then we kept drinking and then just talked about shooting guns later, you know? And I, I'm not proud to say it now, but at the time, you know, I thought it was okay. I thought it was all right to to drive around with a case of beer and listen to George Jones. There was a lot of that. Hippies don't like that kind of thing. They don't like shooting things. They don't like. Um, they don't like George Jones. <laughs> <laughs> but but you do actually have quite a few hippie friends, though. Hence the the song. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Yeah, you are you you do tend to end up among the hippies. Somehow. Well, I used to smoke a lot of a lot of weed, so I needed a lot of hippie friends. And uh I don't smoke weed anymore, so but I still need the fresh vegetables and stuff, you know. All that all that good stuff. All the good stuff. All the community gardens. Yeah. I was going to say the, the farm <laughs> totally. to table cuisine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When did you start playing music and how did you get into it? When I was in the womb, I think it was a Clint Black song or something. You know that? Uh, yeah, I just heard it and I thought I need to do that. I need to get out, start wearing denim and a cowboy hat immediately. It's a very unusual story. <laughs> a lot of people can't even envision a, a denim jacket until they see one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew I could hear it. I had a weird sense of uh, synesthesia. You yeah. hear the you hear the denim, you hear the jean jacket, <laughs> totally. yeah, in the sound. And have you just adapted your jeans since, or have you had to buy new ones? I've had to buy new ones. Yeah, several every year. This one, it they had to kill four or five denims to make this jacket. Does that does that like uh, emotionally affect you to think about the denim that had to be killed to make your clothing? It makes me sad that we haven't found a way to keep them alive while. You while know? skinning them, yeah, <laughs> but uh, technology will get there. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. I think we'll get there as a as a as a people. You know. <laughs> so you got the denim and the cowboy hat on straight uh, postpartum, and <laughs> <laughs> and the, and did you pick up the guitar at the same time, or, uh, well, or when did that come into the picture? I did, but. It was a Taylor guitar, so I knew it wasn't right. I needed to get rid of it. So 
after after a little while, I think my parents decided I need to learn how to play piano. And this is this is actually a real thing. <laughs> when I was five, I got piano lessons, and uh, I hated it. I hated every second of it because I could hear things. I could hear what I wanted to do on on the piano, and then they'd make me try to learn the notes and count and do all this stuff. And I didn't like it at all. So I quit. I quit after a year. And then I just messed around with the piano for a few years. When I was nine, my dad had a bunch of nice guitars laying around the house. So, And none of them were a Taylor guitar, so that was good. <laughs> it's like uh, you're, you're not sponsored by them. You're like, this is the anti-sponsor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Taylor guitars being mentioned twice so far. So what's the issue with Taylor? They're too perfect sounding or something? They, just, too, they no got no personality. They, yeah. just don't, they got no, like, I got a Martin guitar, and you, you're going to hear it later, but there's, like, there's body, you know? Yeah. There's there's lots. So did you keep playing piano once you picked up guitar? Was it a full switch? Uh I played p. Uh, yeah, I kind of just messed around with piano every now and then. I play uh, on the new album. I play organ. Nice. So that's cool, and uh, like a big church organ, because uh, I grew up in a pretty religious home. Grew up listening to hymns. Where'd you grow up? Uh, on a dairy farm in uh, southeastern Manitoba, Grunthal, Manitoba. So that was cool. I was, uh, yeah, and so, like, I, I mean, a lot of the music we listened to was gospel music and, and like, country gospel music. So, like, the first time I heard George Jones would have been, like, George Jones sings, you know, I'll Fly Away or something like that. Like, and, uh, yeah, so there was a lot of that. And, and then I, like, the hymns at church and stuff had a big, big part. And I think it still does in a lot of my... The way I write and the way I hear things. One of the, like, when, I guess when you hear things in your formative years, like, it'll stick with you. I'm, I'm still afraid of, like, you know, Jesus is coming back and all that stuff. You're, you're scared for, oh, the, yeah, for me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the rapture. Not for, well, I, the rapture will be fine. I mean, <laughs> I'll, you know, I'll sign or guys. I know I got seven years to clean up my act. <laughs> Wait, is that how it works? I don't know. That's how it worked in those movies. <laughs> so you got seven days once the rapture. Seven years. Come? No, seven, seven years. Because yeah, yeah. there's seven years. I always thought you can. You got seven years according to those movies. But so, so I don't know. We might have to call Kirk Cameron on this one. For uh, Left Behind. Left or Behind. Yeah. yeah, I don't. That's the only like. I don't even. There's I, a new one, like, man. You got to watch the Nicolas Cage version. I I actually own it. It's on like. Uh, uh, my buddy borrowed me this like uh, this bull riding tape that he had taped off of like like I guess it was NFR a couple of years ago or something, and then like after that the Nicolas Cage movie's on there too, nice. so it's, I have it. It's just great, uh, like on a recorded VHS. Yeah, on a tape. recorded VHS. <laughs> Recently, someone gave you a recorded VHS of a rodeo, uh, <laughs> yeah. a rodeo, and then there is there happened to be a Christian. It's a it's I've a film about the rapture. Uh, it's about an airline pilot uh, played by Nicolas Cage, and people suddenly disappear because they've been ascended. My guitarist to heaven. My guitarist Nick, he's got a what he calls a rapture helmet. <laughs> it's a <laughs> hockey helmet with a like a hook from a. He's ready. A, yeah, and it's taped on there. Yeah, and uh, so, but he was also raised in in the same kind of setting. We're Mennonites. 
if you didn't know. So is this guy. Yeah, that's why I looked at him when I that's said right. it. right. <laughs> I'm not. Is that okay? No, yeah, it's fine. As long as you watch this film. Yeah. <laughs> Left Behind, or is there a Mennonite film after There's watching? Men- <laughs> the Mennonite one's a like little Like a different. training video? It's more of, a, actually, it's a cookbook, the Mennonite thing. You have to read <laughs> yeah, it. Sounds it's good. True. It's like, add salt and butter to everything. <laughs> I had this moment at, at a friend's place in Lethbridge, and uh, my friend Jeff Berner and myself were on tour. And I woke up on the couch, and it was one of those nights where, you know, things get a little wonky. And Jeff uh, <laughs> had this, uh, I don't know, it was just weird. I woke up, and his jacket and his pants and his hat were all laid out on the couch, on the next couch over. And, I like, I stood up, and I was a little bit foggy, but I actually looked at there. I was like, wow, he got raptured. <laughs> and I, like, went about my business. He was but the only one. He was the only one. The yeah. only peer of heart. Yeah, Jeff Burner, ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Burner, up yep. there somewhere. <laughs> He's floating around up there. So your your statement about how you'd have seven years to change your ways. Well, <laughs> what ways would you imagine changing? I would spend six years having a real good time first. You know, I'd come to Lake of the Woods. You'd put it off. No, yeah, like right till the last year, <laughs> like an, then, like an essay. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and then I'd go. You know. Then I'd maybe build a school in Mexico or whatever. That's what it takes. Evangelicals do, yeah. Yeah. And uh, no, I don't know. I mean, it's weird. I just, yeah, how did we get talking about this again? How did we get to this? What matters is that you uh, clearly see yourself as a man full of sin who cannot (laughs) ascend during the rapture. I mean, I'm guessing it would be like a a sort of post-apocalyptic looking. But I could imagine, like, you know, walking through town, you know, leaves blowing and stuff. Like, Shenandoah, somebody singing it in the background. You don't know where it's coming from. but <laughs> And then you just, you know, walk up to the taps, Lake of the Woods. Yeah, get a beer. Yeah, still good. Still good. And probably there'd be a lot of empty cabins that you could move into. Because uh, presumably some of the rich people on the lake are have, pure Have you ever seen that, that uh, Walt Disney movie, Bed Knobs and Broomsticks? Of course. Mm. You have? Yes. Okay, yeah. I'd, it'd be like that. The the guy, what's his name? Uh, Professor Brown? Yeah. That's what he does. Because like, London's evacuated because of the, what is it, the uh, the... The, the Germans are dropping bombs on London. And so there's like this unexploded bomb in the front of this mansion and the whole neighborhood's evacuated, but it's a mansion. So he just goes in there and lives in there with like, like a huge wine cellar and a big dining room, like whatever banquet hall or whatever. And <laughs> with, uh, what's her name? Angela Lansbury. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. you move into a vacant mansion. Yes. And then live there for six years or go from mansion to mansion. And then, and then I, would, I would change my ways. Yeah. I would change my ways, yeah. yeah. What would be the first thing to change? My clothes. <laughs> yeah, get out, of these, get out of these old dungarees. So I would get like a bed sheet right away, like dress like an apostle. So yeah. you don't got to do too much work. Put on some Birkenstocks. You yeah. Got your, yeah. <laughs> and then I would head. They would just east. be like, oh, that's one of us. I think I would just head east, catch a boat. I'm sure there's still people with boats. Yeah. It's got to be some s- sinning captains that would still be around. Totally. And I could baptize people and stuff. 
on the boat. I mean, there's probably going to be like a war going on too. Things I like guess. exploding and stuff. Would there be a war though, or would it just be maybe I like know. I think it maybe be more relaxed because the population would be so decreased. There'd be some plenty of resources to go around for everybody. Like so what Avengers. would the conflict be yeah. over? Like to be like half less people and things are you know you just settle into it. Yeah. Okay. I guess we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens. Uh, but before that, you're going to make this new album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're going to play the cruise here, the uh, Community Foundation cruise? Yeah, you're, next, you're, you're, are you, next weekend. I don't know how familiar you are yeah, with your own schedule, but yeah, apparently. <laughs> actually, it's not on here, I don't think. But yeah, you're playing the Community Foundation on the MS Kenora. Yeah. And then the next night, you're playing a fundraising show at the brewery. At the brewery. Yeah. Yes, sir. That's and that's this coming weekend. And the fundraising show is June 29th. Uh, how did you get uh, How did you get looped in with the Bruco as uh, as someone to support your next album? I don't know. I don't know how it happened. It was one of those things you just wake up four days later and the only thing different is a bottle of gin, you know? And an email from and an email, yeah. the Bruco. No, it was... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I guess I had done a couple shows last year, and they thought maybe we should get them come and do a monthly thing in the winter, and so I did. And they, everybody seemed to enjoy it, and uh, until they didn't, I guess. <laughs> and well, no, yeah, they donated uh, money for studio time, which was really nice of them. Great. I didn't know how I was going to pay for it, but I knew I had the songs. Um, yeah. So there was that. What level, like, has it been recorded now? Is studio time's done? or Yeah, I think we're done everything. I might have to go do redo some vocal takes, but that's that's about it. And uh, how much of uh, what you do is consumed with music? Are you a full-time musician? It was for a long time. And then uh, this year I decided to take some time off of touring because we... Last year, I think we played like 120 shows. The year before was closer to like 140, 150. Wow. The year before that was 100. And, I know it was like 140 for sure. And uh, just got tired of doing that all the time. I mean, if you don't take care of yourself, which I wasn't doing, it's very easy to uh, to fall out of love with uh, with what you're doing. And that sucks because I love playing music, but... If you start looking at looking at it as like a, a job or yeah, I don't know. It's it's not a not a fun thing when uh, when the one thing that you really love is like becoming a chore. So I took this year to focus on other things. I've been working for for a friend out uh, in Winnipeg for a company called Red River Siding and Eaves Trough for all your exterior needs that's a plug that is a plug <laughs> i can i had to do it but <laughs> and uh yeah so i've been working on and off for them for, for a couple of years and they've been really good about supporting me and stuff so that's nice i'm going on tour next in like a week and a half two weeks yeah two weeks i leave on tour where's the tour going out to bc and back Playing a festival in Horsefly, BC, close to Williams Lake, and then coming back. So, 
I think from the 4th to the 19th, and, I, and I'm going to release the album on the 19th that uh, the time's changed. They don't even know it yet. I'm going to actually email John today. Like, we have a show booked. They just don't know that I'm, no, okay. I'm going to be releasing Good. the album. So hopefully that'll get a few more people in the doors. <laughs> yeah, Richard, didn't you one time book a CD release show and then you had the show and you didn't have any CDs? Yeah, it was a digital release, but it got misconstrued through the, the thing. Somebody said it was a CD release, and I said, no, it's a digital release. And so people were a little disappointed, but... Oh, wait. Oh, no, you're talking about last year. I, have, I don't know. About, you tell me. Are you talking about last year? Because last year, was a, that, was a, that was a whole other thing. That was... Oh, man, I'm going to get start swearing and getting angry and stuff. Sorry. It's not that bad. I, uh, I had this, like... <laughs> This guy who said he was going to help me put out a new album, and I had the album recorded, and uh, then the guy just disappeared a month before the whole thing, and, and I had the West End Cultural Center booked, I, I had a, a tour that was halfway booked, and then I started like freaking out, oh shit, this is like, this is happening, and I don't have an album, so I canceled half the tour, and uh, yeah, it was really embarrassing to go out on stage and be like, so I don't have many albums. And that sucks. Uh, here's all the new songs, though. Yeah, and it was like five shows across Western Canada where I had to do that. Luckily, like, in Alberta, I can just get away with playing out there. and It's a good show regardless. But Winnipeg, I've got a tough time having a crowd come out to watch me. Like, I don't know what it is. But uh, it's, yeah, So so the fact that I had people in that room and then I had... I couldn't deliver anything. That really sucked. So, but it's uh, it's coming this time for sure. The album is coming. What do you feel is uh, better, a digital release or a CD release? I I always prefer the physical, like physical copies. But yeah. yeah, you're nostalgic for the physical media. Oh yeah, I'm nostalgic. We were talking about VHS tapes earlier. That's all I got at my house is VHS tapes. I watched Dances with Wolves last night. Good movie. Yeah, I was going to watch Young Guns, but my copy, like, there was a little corner of the plastic. I guess I dropped it. Yeah. And it broke off, and it exposed a bunch of tape, and then the tape got all <laughs> mangled. So you're living out in the country. Yes. Just uh, all all by yourself. Yes. In a house. Yes. And there's, are you in a town there? Or? Well, yeah, it's a town. It's a small town, but it doesn't have any services. It, it's got postal boxes. But that's it. Doesn't even have a post office. Just the boxes. Watching uh, to the box copy of the two tape edition of Dances with Wolves. No, it's just the just the single. It's tape. a single. Yeah. Oh, sorry. But I do have two copies of it. Okay, the so other you one have didn't two work. <laughs> the other one didn't work, so it's propping up my air conditioner right <laughs> okay. now. Okay. Between the window and the yeah, it's keeping it level. I still watch VHS tapes. They're good. Yeah, and they're great. And you know what's good about them is that you're. Uh, it's not like Netflix or something. You don't just pop out to a different window, get distracted by YouTube or emails or anything. You yeah. watch the whole movie. Yeah. Because who wants to get up off the couch these days? Nobody. Nobody. When did uh, when did you start? Like we know that you started playing guitar when you were nine. <clears throat> yeah. Did you? When did you start performing seriously? Oh uh, well, in high school I played drums. In a Christian metal band. What was it called? O Victory. The abbreviation is OV. I'm just pointing that out. (laughs) 
They're not welcome be, uh, here. <laughs> are, we allo- are we allowed to talk about other beers? I already did. But uh, That's allowed. So uh, from drumming to when did the solo acts well, begin? Well, when the band broke up oh. because I wanted to play shows. Didn't have a band. So I started opening up for like hardcore and punk shows. Just well, playing like my guitar and singing folk songs that I'd written. When I was about 16, I think. So that that style of music probably wasn't that hip in the you know among the fifteen year olds is your your folk songs. Yeah, like you're getting on stage at shows where there's a bunch of fifteen year olds, right? They're there to see a, a hardcore. They band. really liked it though. You know, at the time when that was happening, uh, Dallas Green is like City and Color stuff. So people were digging on on the acoustic guitar. Right. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, and that's actually a link to the hardcore stuff. Yeah, cause... oh, totally, exactly, right. And that's that was the thing. And I was like, well, I can do that. And then that just, you know, it got. When I started doing that, I realized, wow, this is this is great. And I started listening to all my dad's old country records again because they were still there. And uh, yeah, it came full circle. It was like, well, I can sing country music, I can sing folk music, and then when I was about. Uh, 20, I had stumbled upon uh, this girl, and I knew she gave me a Towns Van Zant CD. It was the soundtrack to that documentary, Be Here to Love Me. And then that was when all hell broke loose. That's when it was like, holy shit, I found out what I got to do now. Because I had already been playing folk music I'd already been writing songs but it just made me want to go to the next level and like with everything unfortunately which meant drinking too that was one thing that I learned took a long time to learn and I actually I did a different podcast called it's a conspiracy back in February I think it was where I kind of we touched on this subject about uh hero worship and stuff and like uh it was, yeah, it was like, because Towns Van Zant was a, he was a mess. He was a real mess. Um, but people, a lot of people, especially a lot of songwriters, like a lot of people who do what I do, um, <clears throat> they'll tell you that, that it changed their life. And, and it's weird because people like, uh, some people unbeknownst to them or some people know what's happening, but. People kind of want to mimic that and, and live that life, and it's it's not a good one. <laughs> the guy wasn't a very good guy, like a good human being <laughs> at the end of the day. And uh, I, I know that I, I became a shittier person after, but I also became a better songwriter. Huh. And that's where that, are we full circle again? Where, <laughs> you know, like not self-sabotaging came in, because that's what I would do for a long time. Because I, I figured... If I was going to write a song that was like, that was worth anything, it needed to be real, needed to come from a real place. And I'd brush it off for a long time. Yeah, just at least I got a song out of it. And that's not a good thing. Do you think that that was just, in hindsight, do you think that was just an excuse for behaving the way you wanted, the destructive behavior you wanted? Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah, it was. (laughs) Definitely. Like, I'm not excusing any of my behavior in the past. 
But it was that's definitely the door that opened. I, I'm it not open. saying you need an excuse. No, I'm no. This is the line you were giving yourself, even though yeah. it's quite possible to write songs without that. Yeah, it's very possible. And you know, sometimes I wonder, like, I wonder what I would have been writing without all that. But it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know. I feel like that's pretty common, though, too, especially in people who like uh, are aspiring musicians and and enjoy the music of certain destructive perhaps artists that they feel like they want to live the same yeah. sort of destructive way like totally. i i was trying to be a musician when i was 16 and was obsessed with kurt cobain like yeah. many teenagers before me i never did become a good songwriter is the difference unlike yourself but uh yeah I, it, you sort of glorify that yeah and it's something you need to be careful about, I think. Uh, especially, yeah. Like, especially, you know, especially being 20 years old or whatever, just like, I don't know. Like, I was I was living, like, you know, just gig to gig. And, like, I wasn't even touring at the time. I was just, you know, I, I was literally making money for beer and gas. And, but I don't, I don't think I'm out there trying to write a song by being self-destructive anymore so that's kind of nice so do you find yourself writing other people's stories then yeah for sure for sure uh should we hear a song yeah i'll play you uh this is the the title track of the album this is it's called hasta la vista until i see you again Hasta la vista I see you again I wish a good times Could have outweighed the bad Goodbye is too good At least that's what they say Hasta la vista I'll see you someday Like the muddy red river Or the Assiniboine to meet up, do they part or they join? Like the Winnipeg flowing from the lake of the woods. I'd best be going, trade some bad for some good. Hasta la vista, till I see you again. I wish good times could have outweighed the bad. Goodbye's too good, at least that's what they say. Hasta la vista, I'll see you someday. They say the sky is still living in Saskatchewan. The sky ain't forgiven all the things I've done wrong. So I'll roll on to the Rockies, I'll rest in their shade. Learn how to live with these mistakes that I've made. Hasta la vista, till I see you again. I 
I wish a good times could have outweighed the bad. Goodbye is too good. At least that's what they say. Hasta la vista. I'll see you someday. I might come back here in late summer time. Maybe I'll have left all the darkness behind. Maybe you'll love me. Maybe you won't. This ain't easy. I'll understand if you don't. Hasta la vista. Till I see you again. I wish the good times could have outweighed the bad. Goodbye is too good. At least that's what they say. Hasta la vista. I'll see you someday. So, now to, to get on to the second part of the interview, what made you guys want to do this lake time? Welcome podcast. to the Richard Inman Show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm interviewing you guys now. Oh, well, I was like, there there ain't no, no place I'm going to. <laughs> As a musician, we listen to lots of podcasts while we drive from various places place. Especially as a Canadian musician, it's like, in the States, you can go like four hours and like have four hour intervals between every gig. Not in Canada, it's got to be eight, gotta like nine, ten hours. Sixteen hours. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Going to Thunder Bay to Sault Ste. Marie or something yeah. like that. Podcasts are the musician's friend. So you just let, I'm just going to say you guys have great voices for this. Soothing, you know? It's not... Uh, you have a good voice, too. There's a bit of Southern drawl in there. It's We're, not Southern. It's uh, Southern Albertan. It's very... It's different. Okay. We... Like, my grandparents, I spent my summers there, and they're, they're from Utah, and, and uh, I think my grandma was actually born in Tennessee, but... Well, they might have like, brought some up with th- them. Yeah, well, they the way they talked, a lot of people around there talk that way. It's like uh, they still enunciate pretty well, but there's a lot of American turns of phrases on the things they say, if that makes sense. Yeah, maybe. And so it- if you go to southwestern Alberta, there's a lot of that. And there's... So, like, what do they say? That's a big old rock over there. Yeah. Stuff like that, or what yeah, would be an but, example? Yeah, I mean, but you enunciate a little better. You know, it's like, uh, I'm trying to think of something that my grandpa would have said. Uh, I don't know. I remember he always used to say, clear as mud. When clear my, as mud. When, when, my, as mud. when my grandma was like, now, don't give these boys any of your jackknives, dick. And he'd be like, yep, clear as mud. And he'd be playing solitaire. On so he has your name, or you have yeah, his name, I, Yeah, I, I was say. named after him. Yeah, the great Richard Inman. His Jeez. grandfather's going to take his grandson's name. <laughs> Yeah, so I was named after him, and and that's another thing is like a lot of. In the last album, I did there was a lot of reference to southern southwestern Alberta. Like, I wonder if a lot of uh, 
people like immigrated to southern alberta from the states to begin with and that's well, why a everyone big mormon there. population there so a lot of them are from like utah and stuff yeah. and, and and then it just became the way people talk in that part of alberta yeah for sure there's a lot of it um my uh my grandparents had a farm there in Cardston county which is it's a dry county but it's uh because of the mormons <laughs> but they they adopted my uh, my birth mother, who's from the reserve that's right there, uh, uh, the blood reserve. And uh, so I, we spent our summers w- with our grandparents out there. So, And it was really cool. I liked it a lot. Did your mom have the accent? No. No. No? no. It's a, it skipped a generation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know where she got her accent. She talks like somebody from Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can talk like a Mennonite pretty good. I know low German. That's that's a great thing to have in your back pocket, especially when you're a large uh, large native guy. So that's good because my parents were Mennonites or are Mennonites. I was – so I, I was permanent ward, which is like one step below adoption. It's like you get to keep him, but he doesn't have your last name, I guess. I don't know how that works. So – I grew up in in a Mennonite home with Mormon grandparents. So there was all sorts of religious things happening there. So there's Mormon in both sides, like you're... No, 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 no. Like, I mean... Oh, I see. Oh, so they would take me to the Mormon grandparents. and, and Yeah, me and my brothers. And so that's a little bit odd when you got parents who are like, grandma and grandpa might be going to hell. And then you got your grandparents going, your mom and dad are going to hell, son. <laughs> They didn't ever say that, but it's kind of the feeling you get with such different denominations. I don't know. The Book of Mormon is uh, it's an interesting an interesting read. Yeah, I've it's, read the beginning of what is it? Nephi is the first book uh, yeah, in the Book like of Mormon. Yeah. Nephi or Nephi, as I I mistakenly yeah. called it to a Mormon once. Yeah. Nephi, <laughs> it's Nephi. <laughs> <laughs> well, it tells the story in the you chunk. muggles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what what I was interested in as a as a younger man was uh, the uh, my uncle Reed, uh, that was my grandma's brother. He was always coming around with these. He'd always have these little uh, books, um, magazines, and stuff, and they're all Mormon stuff. And he would always uh, give us these and, and tell us that that uh, the Native Americans that were here before the white man was here, they. They were the, the 13th tribe of Israel. We, we jumped on a boat and followed a floating orb across the ocean, and we landed here. And so that's how we got here. We were the, the lost tribe of, of Israel. And that's actually, inter- interestingly enough, that the, the temple in Karsten, uh, Alberta, has got an orb on top of it, if you look real close. That's you said the, the orb. It's, it's, it represents the orb that guided us here. Huh. We're, and we're called the Lamanites. Uh, that doesn't sound super flattering. Just, so just in case anyone's confused, you're, you're First Nations by blood. I prefer Indian, but yes. You're Indian by blood. It and says you so have, on the reserve sign, still. And, <laughs> you have, oh, yeah, I'll let you, let you uh, say whatever you want there. You're, and you're, you have Mennonite parents I and mean, Mormon I, grandparents, yeah. and you were raised in mostly Grunthal, Manitoba, but also... In Alberta, where you apparently got your accent, which your mom does not have. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, 
I don't think I got my accent from there. I think what happened was I listened to a lot of <laughs> a lot of country music in the last ten years, and I had a lot of friends from that were from south of the border. And I think that happens. No, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I have that much of an accent. That's it's not noticeable, is it? Like, do I? Well, everyone talks differently, first of all. Yeah. But I don't know. I think you have a distinct way of speaking. I'm I not know sure when I'm on I... stage. Sometimes it'll, I'll. There might be a little bit more twang to it, but that's what you do when you're in a country band. Yeah. Doesn't matter yeah. where you're from, you say like, <laughs> "Thanks, folks," you know, and stuff like How that. How y'all doing tonight? I, I don't say I. I don't say y'all. I try. <laughs> I've never said y'all. Except one time while I was rapping. You just said it now. Yeah. And now. That's twice. <laughs> That's only two. Yeah, I don't think you said I'm not like American. some some Canadian songwriters, I won't say their names, that come back, like live in Kentucky for six months and then come back with a full on, hey, y'all. You know, like one of those. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't do that. I don't think I will. I'm going to go to Oklahoma this winter for a while and, and I'll come back and you guys can tell me then we should do this again in a year yeah and I'll be like I increase. spent some time in Oklahoma is it worse better we can even cut to this interview <laughs> so what are you doing in Oklahoma then just I'm going down to play some music I don't want to deal with the winter like we had last year ever again I hate it but as a as a as a I actually had just recently got my status card and, and one thing I learned under the J Treaty as a, as a full-blooded First Nation or Blackfoot Indian, as I like to say, we fall under a category where we can uh, we're considered Amer- uh, Canadian-born American Indians. So, if we have our social security number, our status card, and a blood quantum letter saying that we're over fifty percent, we get to work down in the states without nice. a visa is that all first nations or just Blackfoot? i think it's certain there's certain under like because it's under the j treaty i think it's under certain because i know the blackfoot nation not the reserve i thought it was the reserve i was on but it's the, the blackfoot nation is half in alberta and half in montana so i know that for sure we fall under that i don't know so you can just go there and work and yeah i mean i, I don't need a work citizen. visa which is huge for a musician like there's people, like good friends of mine have booked tours, whole tours, and, and gotten their visa the day after it ends, you know, so they, they didn't get to go on their tour. It sucks because Americans coming up here to work have the easiest time ever to come up and work. And then Canadians trying to go down there and work, it's, it's almost impossible. So a lot of Canadian musicians just would rather go to Europe anyway. So, and I like Europe. I just haven't found the right booking agent or team or anything yet so i'll get there eventually i mean i, I did a, a festival last year one festival in denmark and that was nice but i got drunk and left my guitar there so so that was the end of that guitar. that was the end of that <laughs> and that guitar well no it's still there they email me every couple months you know your guitar is still here it's like i know there's that do we get here from talking about accents yeah Back to all the different people that raised you, <laughs> and it takes and the a village, in, and the influence. It takes a village, for sure. So uh, the Mennonite has come up a lot. Yes. But uh, did you have a connection to like uh, First Nations or Blackfoot Indian culture at all growing up, or was it? No, not not a lot. Not from. And for the longest time, I thought. 
like I just identified with more like Manitoba. There's lots of Ojibwe and Cree people, and so I would sort of look into that stuff. And there's a whole thing. My brother just recently went back to uh, uh, Standoff in Pecani, which is on the Blood Reserve, and met a bunch of our family and stuff. So he knows a bunch of our family and stuff. Apparently, our our uh, family name before was changed and a lot of them have taken it again is strikes with a gun. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I thought that, that sounds pretty, badass. Yeah. I, I Richard strikes with a gun. Uh. I feel like a character from North of 60. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I love Tom Jackson. So, uh, back on topic. No, there was not a lot. <laughs> like I said, uh, a lot of, a lot of Mennonite stuff. Yeah. A lot of, uh, my first music festival was the, uh, South Oaks Gospel Music Festival in Grunthal, Manitoba. And, uh, that was always a good experience. Go listen to gospel music, eat Knox's oat, which is spits, sunflower seeds, you know? Yeah. And then we get a dollar, sometimes two dollars, and you get a Pepsi and a Revel, or as the Mennonites say, Popsy and a Ravel. <laughs> <laughs> and you, uh, and you just go hang out. And you play baseball, listen to music, and they had pretty good burgers, and they always had homemade buns. It's a good day. So was that the kind of thing that when you were younger, you imagined possibly being on the stage one day, and then one day that came? I think, well, I've never done that. I'd actually like to do that festival. It'd be fun. I don't know how people would like, I'd like to, it'd be fun. I'd like to do a whole gospel set. Me Me and my steel player have talked about it before. Because he's also a Mennonite. He said we should get a whole gospel set together and do. And I agree. I did something like that a few weeks ago for some old folks in Grunthal. They loved it. I played some gospel songs. I've never played a show where there was like a whole room full of people singing along and there was absolutely no booze or anything. There was some coffee, I think, but but everybody was like out of their chairs singing, you know. Do you imagine growing old? I like if you would have asked me that five years ago, I'd have already been done this bottle of gin, been like, I'm not gonna grow old, I'm gonna die young, and all that stuff. But I've recently kind of just come to the come to grips with things like you never know when you're gonna go. You know, you just gotta do the best with the time you got left and deal with it like that. I mean, I'd like to grow old, then I'd have a reason to be like a curmudgeoned asshole. You know, like yell at kids and take care of like the three plants you have on your on your deck and they're like that would be cool and go back inside and watch tv that's basically what i was doing all winter except for the plant thing <laughs> hey you kids get out of here watching <laughs> watching grumpy old men on vhs on vhs do you what do you think is death the end or is there more oh, i'd like to think it's not i'd like to think that it's and actually you know this is unfortunate that well maybe it's not unfortunate but the, the fact that we're talking about death and stuff and and the reason i've come to that conclusion that i just said about you don't know how much time you got uh one of the songs on on the new album is is called joplin blues i wrote it for a friend of mine who passed away a couple months ago and uh so i've had a lot of time to think about this stuff (laughs) you know like he was pretty young he was like 47 and uh he just he went he took a nap and didn't wake up is what i heard and so that, you never really know, and, and I think, yeah, so I, I'd like to think there's something after that. 
I, I, you know, I, I even pray and stuff. I, I'm just not a, a practicing Christian or anything. I would, you know, but I, I there's something there, and and I, and I love gospel music, like I said earlier. Like, that's probably the reason I do what I do, is because I heard gospel music and was like, yeah, it just changed everything. All right, let's do the beer questions. Yeah. So Richard and anyone listening who isn't a loyal listener yet. We do these these questions that are uh, that we ask every time. They're called the beer questions, and they're all based around one of the beers of the Lake of the Lake of the Woods Bruco. So, for example, okay, this one's based off the beer with no name. Have you ever had a mistaken identity? Yeah, all the time. Lots of people think I'm William Prince. Not as much anymore. Um, that's why I started wearing a cowboy hat again. I'm like cowboy hat, wrong guy. But what was really cool is last year, I snuck into the Calgary Folk Festival with my friend Ryan Bolt. and uh, Not from Deep Dark Woods or from the, the Deep Dark Woods? Of the Deep Dark Woods. Okay. Also a Mennonite. There you go. Also a Mennonite. And uh, it was so, so, but, so By the way, cool I accidentally happened. invited that guy to my birthday on, on Facebook, thinking yeah. it was this other Ryan Bolt from he's, Winnipeg. He's got, a, he's got a cousin named Ryan Bolt, too. So it might have been him. He might have, yeah. Anyway, just go on with the story. So, mistaken identity worked so well this time. Like I said, a lot of people thought I was William Prince for a long time, and I kind of used that to my advantage, but not not like this. A tribe called Red is headlining the night, and me and Ryan, we've had a few too many cocktails, and uh, I look at him, I'm like, man, I got this. He's wearing a denim vest. I'm wearing a denim vest. Watch this. And security, like, they open the gate for us. They're like, we need a shuttle uh, for Tribe Called Red and Deep Dark Woods right now. And this van pulls up, and there's like, and, like, me and Ryan jump in there, and he's laughing. And I was like, all right, man, now it's time to milk this thing for everything it's worth. Went in there, into the hotel, to the after party, got all the free drinks. Like, we got a bunch of tickets, and everybody thought I was the guy because he's, like, a big native dude. And we were both wearing the same thing, plaid shirts denim vest and i just happened to be wearing this at the time like i'd been wearing this for days but <laughs> this guy was wearing it on stage we took i think seven or eight selfie or like or pictures with people that night who were like can we get a picture and so i got ryan to do it and he was taking all these pictures trying not to laugh and and uh it was amazing it was a lot of fun so i'm guessing the next day they tagged buddy and all those shots and he was like whoa that's not me <laughs> <laughs> but uh or they're like what we need another shuttle for tribe yeah. called red oh and there was like volunteers get back here there was volunteers that were just like oh that was incredible i've never seen the crowd react to a, an entertainer like that before i was like ah it's nothing man it's nothing you know <laughs> just doing my job just doing my job it was great i'm Any, glad you made anything it through. else on this beer Anything you're you're waiting to be dismissed? No, Mr. no, no. I just want to hear something about Forgotten Lake because that's my favorite. All right, all right, okay. Forgotten Lake blueberry infused blondale. Uh huh. As you apparently are familiar. Oh yeah. Only because it's seven percent. All right, you that's gotta, why it's your favorite. <laughs> have you ever mean, been the Forgotten Lake? Do I feel like a Forgotten Lake? That is a good question. I do sometimes. Yeah, sometimes I feel a little bit forgotten, but I like it. I like it because 
I just don't, there's so much going on these days. You know, everybody's got social media and it's nice to be forgotten sometimes. So do you feel forgotten because you've, you're not living in a city and yeah. you're, not, you're not interacting with people or? Yeah, I think that's it. A lot of it's that because I, I am a social person. As much as I say I like to be alone. Um, but I, I mean, it's also the music industry too. It's so, so fickle. Everybody like kind of finds something new and people's taste evolves and stuff. And, and yeah, I don't know. I think it's sometimes it's nice to be not in the forefront of everything. Where can people find Richard Inman and his music? Gardenton, Manitoba, 202 North Drive. <laughs> sometimes I'll be in the backyard. Sometimes I'll be down by the river. Unless it's after nine on a weekday. <laughs> and I'll be asleep. Leave $5 in the mailbox. Yeah. Yeah, please do. There's no mailbox, but the van find will be somewhere. open. Just leave <laughs> it in the van. Yeah, no, I, you, I'm all on all the streaming platforms, I suppose, like uh, Google Play... That's uh, the big one. Spotify. Spotify. iTunes is done, hey? It's going under. So that doesn't matter anymore. I can take down my MySpace page that says now on iTunes. <laughs> uh, well, and uh, shit, there's one more thing I was going to say. Oh, Bandcamp. Please buy it. If you're going to buy digitally, go to Bandcamp. I don't get a lot of money from them because they still take a bunch, but I get way more than anywhere else. So if you're going to buy, at least buy there. It may seem at like a little high price, but it's the only way I get paid fairly. And watch for your upcoming new album, supported by the Lake the Woods Brewing Company. Is it untitled as of now, or does no, it? No, it's uh, it's gonna be called Hasta La Vista until I see you again. Let's hear a song. Let's close out this okay. lake time with another song. All right. So this is a song is called Joplin Blues, and this is for a friend of mine who passed away a couple months ago. And uh, like I said earlier, he was a pretty big influence on a lot of us in the Winnipeg music scene. A lot of us wouldn't be doing what we were doing if it wasn't for for him and the time we spent with him. I actually, <laughs> incidentally, he's also the one I wrote Hippie Friends about. So, Yeah, it's called Joplin Blues. Probably not in Texas But I hope that you are With your mesh back cap on backwards In some backwood redneck bar Betting on the baseball game Taking hold them way too far I guess it is what it is Till it ain't no more Was it ever about the cards? Probably drinking ribbons with your old Milwaukee blues, singing Billy Gibbons as you take off with the loot. I'm betting on an old banjo and that poor old mandolin. Yeah, I'd give everything that I ain't got yet just to hear those sounds again. 
Chances are somebody sang this all before It ain't about the whiskey Or the girl at the liquor store When it's you out on the highway With your pocket full of songs You gotta take what's left You can the rest and write off all those wrongs Probably not in heaven Between the savior and the thief But you've been rolling sevens With those aces up your sleeve There ain't nothing like a guitar pole To lose your job when blues I just hope that girl Tattooed on your arm She's standing next to With the devil waiting there Don't he know you'll cheat the dealer Steal it back and call it fair Well chances are somebody sang this all before It ain't about the whiskey Or the girl at the liquor store when it's you out on the highway With your pocket full of songs you Gotta take what's left If you can the rest And write off all those wrongs You're probably not in Texas But I hope that you are With your mesh back cap on backwards In some backwood redneck bar Betting on the baseball game, taking hold them way too far. I guess it is what it is, till it ain't no more. Was it ever about the cards? Well, you can catch Richard Inman on Canada Day weekend, right? Friday and Saturday. The Friday is the, the cruise. But most importantly, I don't know if I can say that's the most importantly, but to me, the most important one is his big show at the tap room on the Saturday. Yeah, I would say if you're in the Community Foundation, then the MS Kenora Cruise Show might be the most important to you. But uh, It's in the eye of the boat holder. It's in, in this case. the eye of the boat holder. But if you're uh, out to, I mean, they're all supporting Richard. But if you want to be a part of supporting Richard's album, you should definitely go to the show on the Saturday night, June 29th at Lake the Woods Brewing Company, because that is, in fact, a fundraiser to help cover the cost of his album. Well, and that's another episode of Lake Time. Thank you for having me, Lyndon. Thanks for listening, everyone out there. And yes, of course, I'm I'm glad to have you on my show here, Matt Kennedy. Because I'm your best friend. Because you're my best friend. Is this Cable Guy? See, I can make TV references. Yeah, that's an old one, but... Still. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Make it lake time. Well, that was pretty slick. That was, yeah. Can you rhyme time with time? Until next rhyme, make it lake time. That's even better. 